0: Hello, this is Mike Gettle and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. This is the 22nd episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Today we're very excited to be joined by Pat Craddock from Griffin Claw Brewery in Birmingham. Am I saying that right? Michigan? That is correct. All right. Yeah, Pat, how are you? I am good.
1: And you gentlemen, how are you doing?
0: We're doing well. It's uh, it's a little bit hazy here uh, because of the, the fires that have been going on throughout the, uh, the entire western part of the United States and Canada. Uh, but other than that, we're doing okay.
2: Yeah, we're doing it kind of in conjunction with our customers that are making hazy IPAs. We're, <laughs> we're thinking that uh, maybe a hazy hop harvest will help along with that.
1: There, there you go. Yeah, we actually were one of those seven hundred plus uh, AZIPA entries
2: awesome. into uh, GABF
1: this year, using yeah. a lot of, of your guys' hops. Actually,
0: terrific. Which uh, which is uh, do you have a specific one of your uh, your um, beers that you're going to be entering? So
1: the uh, let's see, three no, two of the four that I sent to you guys mm-hmm. are have have been entered. Um, our flagship is Norm's Raggedy S IPA. Mm-hmm. That that won gold in World Beer Cup 2010, and that's what kind of put us on the map. And then we're also entering uh, Mr. Blue Sky, which started out as a summer seasonal, but it skyrocketed to number two in our portfolio, and that's in the uh, American wheat category. So both those are entered.
0: Well, we're starting off uh, with your Norm's Gateway IPA. We figure that's the the beer you go <laughs> when you go from uh, a Stroh's into something a little bit more exotic. It's a Gateway IPA. <laughs>
1: Love the love the Stroh's reference. Good work, there. Yeah. <laughs> so Gateway, yes, it's a uh, you know when the, uh, the all all day IPA hit out here out here in Michigan and then all over the U.S. We're trying to mimic it, and it's a, it's a difficult beer, obviously, to mimic. And um, we came up with Norm's Gateway, which it's four and a half percent, and actually we use all of YCH hops throughout this beer. So it's Amarillo, Simcoe, Mosaic on the hot side, and then we dry hop with. Simcoe and Mosaic, and uh, we recently put this beer into the uh, Can Can competition, Can Beer competition down in Atlanta, I believe, and it took gold. So we're very happy with uh,
0: what we have here. Well, it's a, it sure goes down well. It, uh, that's for sure. It's a nice beer, and congratulations on it's all of the awards. Yeah, thank you. What's thank the uh, What's the iconography with? Uh, and you, you've got the, uh, the 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 mule or the donkey or the ass, I guess, <laughs> where you got the ragged <laughs> ass. What where, where did that whole imagery come from on your cans? So, uh, we've actually gotten a lot of kickback with chain using ass
1: in the, uh, yeah, in the, in the, in the title and actually with the, with, um, some of the authorities, let's just say, so we, we put the, the donkey on there cause the name had stood when, uh, Dan Rogers entered, entered this beer in 2010, it, you know, it was Norm's raggedy ass IPA. And then we went to go to label. It was like, you can't do that. And it's like, well, what if we put a donkey, a donkey on there? Boom, approved. <laughs> So we've, we've run with it. So, but yeah, you know, just a little history on Griffin Claw. this, this whole brewery started with Dan Rogers. I mean, he's, you know, they talk about NFL and coaching and coaching trees. And if you were to see Dan's uh, brewer tree, it, it's pretty impressive. He's had a little under almost 10 people, 10 brewers go on and do pretty big things. Wow. And it all started, I think he started in 91 out Las Vegas mm-hmm. and, um, you know, he, he got us on the map at a uh, it's called Big Rock Chop House, and like I said in 2010, he gold and norms and uh, uh, he silvered in double IPA category at World Beer Cup, and then he went back to back going to GABF and taking two medals there. And the owners realized we got something here, and so it was like around 2013 when Griffin Claw opened its doors for everyone here in Birmingham and throughout Michigan.
0: How did the, how did the name Griffin Claw come about?
1: That's another good question. So it was Dan and one of our owners, Norm LePage, who Norm's raggedy ass was uh, <laughs> named after. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying to think of a name of a brewery, and they were over in Europe, I believe, and they saw our logo, which is the griffin, mm-hmm. and that they, they fell in love with the logo. Um, and it was just it was a random, like just I don't even I don't even know where they 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 came across it, but they fell in love with it, and they they hired an artist. And they went through multiple renderings, got the logo, and then it was like they landed on Griffin Claw and they ran with
0: it. Yeah, first time I heard it, I was thinking of Harry Potter. It looks like uh, one of the, the houses in the, in the, in the <laughs> books, you know. So. Yeah, we get a lot of
1: that. We get a lot of that.
0: And, and when did you join uh, Griffin Claw, Pat?
1: So I've been actually a little over a year I came on board. I'm originally from this area. And I had moved away for a little bit and I have two young ones at home. And so I moved back and I'm fortunate to, I landed on my feet here.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. have you, so if you grew up in the area, have you been a lifelong Detroit Tigers fan?
1: Oh yes. And as I was alluding to earlier, this year has been a real rough one. Yeah. <laughs> so making oh, in the mud hens is my friends and I like to refer to <laughs> this.
0: Yeah, And it's not even fun because Miggie's not playing at the moment that makes I, it even tougher. Yeah,
1: exactly. And like, I went through the, uh, 119 loss season in 03, which then turned into Verlander and, you know, eventually a World Series in 06. So I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, we, we picked up Casey Mize with the first pick. Not not going to try and hold him to JV Hall of Fame expectations, but I'm hoping we can do, you know, at least get into contention in the next couple of years.
0: And do you, when you think about it, you mentioned Justin, but uh, I mean, Max Scherzer is a heck of a pitcher, but from a Tigers perspective, do you think yeah. of Verlander first and foremost because he was so dominant during the, uh, world series year and max was still kind of up and coming or or... you know jv
1: still holds i mean like people here in detroit love verlander to this day and and it's just like i I think he'll definitely wear even though he won it with the astros i firmly believe he'll wear the detroit d in the hall of fame um and he's just one of those guys kind of like barry sanders isaiah thomas where they started their career here and he'll always like he'll be a beloved player here right um Sure, that there was a little issue with contract, and we won't to go down that road. But uh, if you think about it, like I, w- I was looking back at like their twenty fourteen rotation. <laughs> it's a little baseball nerd, and it was they had Verlander, Scherzer, and Porcello, mm-hmm. and then the next mm-hmm. year they brought on David Price, and it's like all those arcs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. We never yeah. got a ring
0: out of it. Yeah,
2: yeah. So now it's uh, Nick Castellanos basically, and everybody else. Um, it. He. He's... Yeah, you know.
1: It, uh, he's uh, and he's actually on that 14 team i believe he was like he was a rookie so he was yeah. a young buck but he's he's taken the bull by the horns and has kind of grabbed the clubhouse from what i have you know from what i read sure um and it's just like i don't like to talk about the farm but it's like that's that's the bright spot you know and mm-hmm. um you look at some of these guys on that roster and it's like no disrespect but it's like who <laughs> you know uh <laughs> Love, love me some Victor Martinez, you know, great career. It's just, it's he finally announced he's going to hang it up after this year. Yeah. So that was like really the only other recognizable name on that roster right now. Yeah.
0: Other than uh, Jordan Zimmerman, he's having a real off year, though. Ah, yes. Yeah. You know, he's really been up and down for, for us mm-hmm. um, since he's been acquired. So uh,
1: they're hoping for the best, and, and Fulmer being the other one. Yeah. You know, I, forget, I forget how he came about, which... Uh, acquisition that was but uh he throws he's just got nasty stuff and if he can stay healthy i mean put it all together he's definitely top of rotation kind
0: of guy steve you i mean you talked about the teams back the world series winners and the manager at the time was jim leland and uh, i think he just Mm -hmm. came out uh with an article to the effect of baseball players these days are soft yep and you know, it's, it's kind of a little bit of the uh, the old man yelling at the cloud or get off my lawn. I get some of that, but uh, <laughs> does he have any? Do you think there's any validity to that idea? I, you I, know,
2: being an older fan myself, I think that often watching games, you know, that just it's a little different game now. You know, they've got. Uh, All of the sabermetrics and everything is driven by numbers. And I'm a numbers guy, too. That's one of the things I love about baseball. But sometimes I think, uh, you know, the game would be much better if you just went back to that uh, old-fashioned hardball. You know, uh, that uh, in that 68 World Series, uh, St. Louis had a guy by the name of Bob Gibson. And I tell you, (laughs) you just look at him wrong and you're going to get one in in the the ear hole, you know. So... A little bit of that—that that bugs me sometimes to see the ball hit and guys dancing around and flipping bats around and that type of thing. But uh,
0: uh, Jim Leland, I think,
2: probably has a good uh,
0: a, a good point. Yeah, the Tigers have he, to have had the greatest. I mean, between Sparky Anderson and Jim Jim Leland, sure. You know, yeah. What, what were you going to say, uh, Pat? Sorry, I didn't uh, cut you off there. No, no, no. He,
1: I, I think he was actually on a local radio station uh, earlier this week. Um, in the morning and, and he was talking about some of how baseball, I mean, it's like the lowest bang average, you know, in in decades and they're trying to figure out what quote unquote, what's wrong with baseball. And he had some very, you know, uh, pointed thoughts. And well, I thought one of the really good ones was get rid of, he's like, they should, you get rid of the shift. He's like, absolutely. 100%. And he's like, but if you're going to shift, you can't bring third baseman in to play a bunt and then run him out to right field. He's either playing in or he's playing in right field. And I thought that was a great point huh. because, you know they never really tell you they always highlight when the shift works but they never highlight when it doesn't work and you know he was saying how people get burned and it's just it's just a bad thing for the game and i get it there's two sides to that but i'm in in favor of getting rid of the shift
0: yeah don't you don't you just kind of force players to finally just go to the opposite field and once they start doing that the shift uh, will be over and uh, it's back to playing for singles rather than a binary a strikeout or a, a walk or a home run and uh, yeah just hit to the opposite field, guys. Uh, the other night, Steve <laughs> and I were at the game, and Robbins Cano canoe shot one down the uh, the left field line and a uh, double, and there was just nobody over there. And he just kind of plunked it over there. It's not that he swung hard, but he hit it where they weren't.
2: Well, and, and, and uh, Pat, didn't Victor Martinez get a couple bunts here recently yeah. against the ship for base hits? Um, yes. Yep? Yeah, because he's, he's actually one who's been dramatically affected by, sure, the, sure. by that ship because he's such a pull ball
1: hitter. Yep. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's starting to go that other way. But he made the comment, he's like, and part of it, again, is, you know, he's on the downswing of his career. But he's like, if it was that easy to just stick the bat out <laughs> <other> ways, <laughs> and way, anyone could play this game.
0: So. Well, you he, he had guys like, you know, Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn and Rod Carew that could flick it where they wanted to. And that's why they were, you know, treasured as baseball hitters mm-hmm. because they were truly pure hitters. And it wasn't uh, just swing hard to, to your to your natural pull side. Yeah. It, it's it's, yeah. good. it's a good debate good discussion because it, i don't on the one hand i don't like to change the rules that much but on the other hand um i i miss you know getting a guy on first base and getting him over to second and mm-hmm. getting him to score and having three two games instead of nine to eight games you know so yeah, yeah. anyway no and that's
1: what actually that's the this year's tiger team like i guess the first half of the season we were kind of just Lingering around 500. Everyone knew the shoe was going to drop, but it was, it was part of large reason is because Gardenhire and mm-hmm. I think another great manager. Um, he's got the guys. He had the guys running, and that was the thing that always stung us in the two World Series when we lost to the Cardinals and the Giants there in the early and mid uh, 2000s. Was mm-hmm. we were just loaded with power hitters, and we couldn't do exactly what you said, which is get guys around the bases. We just couldn't do it. And and that's what ultimately large
0: you know, downfall. Yeah, Gardner is an old. Fa- I mean, he's not a big sabermetrics fan. Yep. You know he's really about players, and I think you know what he saw with Victor earlier this year. He went through a slump, and he kept him playing, and he's he actually has come back quite nicely. He, he
2: strikes yep. me as very much a players manager. Yep. Um, I know that uh, um, he's he had that reputation with the Twins and yep. and, and, and now with the Tigers.
0: Well, well Pat, your uh, is Griffin Claw at uh, Comerica Field? Can pe- uh, Comerica Park can people get your beer inside the stadium?
1: Uh, that. Do not believe so. That one, I believe uh, the distributor we have in that area, I don't, ha- I don't believe is in Comerica Park. But we have an agreement with uh, Little Caesars Arena, so for Detroit Red Wings and Pistons games, they both play in that arena now. You can Griffin Claw is available there, but I do not believe in Comerica Park or uh, Ford Field for that
0: matter. And do you get out of uh, the state of Michigan? I mean, you referenced the Mud Hens before. Can can people find your beer in Toledo <laughs> or not?
1: <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because we. We've all, we're only in Michigan. Uh-huh. And we've gone through we just again a little history. We we built the facility back in you know, we opened in thirteen with the anticipation of only built you know, brewing five thousand barrels. And by year two, we were you know, we were closing in on ten. And so since then we've gone through some major changes and then sixteen seventeen saw us putting in a fifty barrel system of Pharma one hundreds barrel tanks and now we're we're ready to go because in the last two three years we've been hovering around 12 to fifteen thousand barrels and that's only in michigan Mm -hmm. but we do we have people calling us all the time like you know a lot of other breweries that just they they want our beer and a lot of that is in ohio to the point where people from from toledo are driving over the border getting it and
0: driving back which we love but we
1: would hope hopefully be able to tell you soon that we're going to be in ohio
0: yeah no that's cool uh so 2013 and you're running get you're getting Pretty full capacity already, huh? That's good.
1: Yeah, and uh, when this is, you know, when our installation of these this last round of tanks is in, our Birmingham facility we will be able to do 40,000 barrels capacity. So, And that's without bringing on. Um, we have a second facility that's close to being open as well.
0: Oh, wow. So you guys are really cranking it out. So craft beer's not quite dead in the, the state of Michigan, huh?
1: No, no. Bells and Founders and the likes are, you know, obviously – Paving the way for us, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I was gonna look it up. The, the number of actual brewery, breweries in Michigan is up there in the top five now, mm-hmm. um, by state. It's it's crazy. It's like everywhere you turn around, there's like two, three breweries in, in every town. So,
0: what uh, your clientele is? Um, can you can you classify them in a particular way? Is it across the spectrum? Are they? older younger just a mixed crowd are you, you do they coming in for i mean obviously your ipas are doing really well but you said blue sky is uh, really taking off too and that's more of a, a nice uh, a nice wheat beer right uh, it is yep um I, I would say it's it's mixed we've um, we've had success in, in
1: chains so we've got a lot of exposure through meyer here and kroger um and so we've gotten into to a, a wide variety of, of folks but then you have your your hardcore, for lack of a better term, because I'm one as well. Your beer nerds who come in for you know our specialty releases out of the out of the tap room, which you know we always love to see the line on the day you, you release. Like our next coming one is a bourbon imperial pumpkin, mm-hmm. um, and so I would say it's a mix. Our uh, our tap room is in Birmingham, which is north of Detroit, and mm-hmm. it's again to make a ba- baseball reference. I'm sure you guys have been to Fenway and Wrigley, or excuse me, to to Wrigley Park.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep.
1: You know how you're walking down the street and you're like, it's like brownstone house, brownstone, boom, there's Wrigley. Right. It comes out of nowhere.
0: Yep, that's, yep. How we're,
1: I, that's how our brewery is. You drive down a residential road, there's houses on one side, there's like a lumber yard on the other side, and then all of a sudden, here's the brewery. Nice. And so it, it makes it's tucked away in this neighborhood, and we just have a huge following in Birmingham and in the surrounding area because of that.
0: Was it, uh, was it purpose-built, or did you uh, do some renovation on an existing building? my understanding was it was actually,
1: there was two lumber yards on this road and it was, um, and again, it was before I was here, but, uh, they demo, they bought one of the older lumber yards, I believe it was herb lumber, Uh demoed it. And so they had just, uh, a blank canvas to work with. And the city, the city of Birmingham obviously worked with us and, We had to go back to them a second time because we have a we distill as well, Mm -hmm. and um, we end up building a barrel house. We have all our bourbon and different types of spirits in a barrel house that sits in our uh, back parking lot.
0: That sounds really nice. I think we have a good reason to go to Michigan, Steve. We can uh, stop in at Griffin Cloud. We can go to uh, watch the baseball game next year. And uh,
2: nice combination. Yeah, absolutely. Come on out. How many games do you make it to every year, Pat? My family had a tradition, like back at uh, Tiger Stadium.
1: My, my old man used
2: to pull me out of school,
1: and we'd go to opening day every single year. It was like my, my grandfather started it, my dad carried on, and so I, I go every year to, to opening day. Cool. Nice. And I've, I've been to probably, I took my oldest to his first game this year, and I've been to probably two other games, so I've been, I've been slacking this year.
0: <laughs> do you remember what uh, year was your first year to, to be able to do that, Pat?
1: I don't remember mine, but I remember my brother's because the, the local news picked up on this family tradition and they did like a, you know, a small story about it. And mm-hmm. I remember he was eight and I was five. So it was like, you know, early 80s. they were playing the Yankees. They lost. But I just remember watching the video. I was thinking about that the other day. And I was laughing about it. So I got to say, like, for the first one distinctly, I remember getting pulled out. It was like fifth grade. So I was going to say that's <laughs> I was, what, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you were, you remember the early '80s teams and uh, those uh, Lou Whitaker, Allen uh, Trammell years, huh? Oh
1: yeah, and and Jack and Trammell finally got their due.
0: Yeah, I'm glad mm-hmm. you I'm
1: glad you brought up Trammell because, on the national perspective, people don't realize how awesome he was. Yep. When you put his num his numbers next to Ozzie, and it's like, come on. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was a great. Heartbreak. It was a great combination up the middle. Yeah. That was that was pretty pretty special. Yeah.
1: Heartbreaking oh. as as a kid when like I think it was '87 when uh, they were they were oh so close, but it was you know pre wild card era obviously. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so Whitaker's got to get in though eventually, doesn't he? I mean, he he's got the credentials too. He I think should. Yep. Just a matter of a year or two, and he'll be in there as well. As my my assessment. Fingers fingers crossed. I, I sure do hope so.
0: Yep. Well, Pat, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate your taking time out of your day to spend with us talking about Griffin Claw and about uh, the Tigers uh, and, and, and sending us these really good beers. Uh, these are pretty special, and uh, we can see why you guys are doing so well just by tasting them.
1: For sure. And I guess the, the other two I sent were kind of treats for you. The, uh, the Oblivious, the bottle, uh, medaled at World Beer Cup this year in mm-hmm. the E's beer category. And then um, that downtown bourbon brown is 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 fantastic in my opinion.
0: Yeah, we're gonna save that for a little bit later. Yep. <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you go. Yep. But All right. Thank no, you for man. having me. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Pat. All right.
1: Bye bye.
0: Well, Steve, uh, it's a it's a good bad week for the uh, the Mariners so far.
2: Yeah, I've got uh, it's uh, bottom of the ninth. Uh, this will be the uh, rubber game with the Astros. We're down ten to seven now. So. It doesn't look good for the uh, the home team nine for today, but uh, still a lot of baseball to play. We'll got see whole, what happens. Got a whole
0: month left. That's a lot can happen. Yep, that's absolutely right. Think back to like the uh, well, '64 Phillies. They lost like nine of the last ten games of the year, and Pennant was gone. So. Yep.
2: Well, I look back to, I think it was 95 with the Mariners. They were 12 and a half games behind the Angels about yep. this time of the year and reeled them in and ended up uh, winning a one-game playoff. Uh, yep. So uh, stranger things have happened.
0: Get expanded rosters here in another week. Maybe get some young kid that just gets on a tear like you can't believe and can carry a club for a few games, and that's that's just what you need. Yep. So. We'll see what happens. Well, we got our first hops in this week uh, coming in from uh, Oregon. A little bit of Centennial came in, so uh, hop harvest is here.
2: It's upon us. Uh, It's going to be good to spend a couple days down in Oregon visiting some of our hop grower friends down
0: there. Yep. Uh, even they, the one even the one that's a yankee fan
2: uh, yeah we got
0: to discount on him on his hops i think we'll we
2: can, yeah. we'll make him pay for breakfast there that's you go we'll get yeah. him there yeah. but uh yeah they typically get going uh down in oregon about a week before we do up here just because of the climate and the varieties that they grow but uh looking forward to uh seeing what the crop looks like and then we'll uh share with our customers uh, on monday we'll we'll do our first uh, harvest crop report and uh let
0: folks know what we're saying. We'll put that up on uh, on uh, what Facebook and where else. We'll do that at least. We'll talk a little bit about it during our next week's podcast. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. we're starting to narrow in the range of the expectations at least for the hop crop now that we are getting uh, right into harvest. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see what happens uh, during the next week here with uh, hops and with baseball. And uh, yeah, it's September, almost September.
2: Stay tuned, both of you. <laughs> <laughs>